Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Good evening, America. Welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show. I'm one of the co-hosts, Michael Blumen Jr., candidate for U.S. Congress in Florida District 21, and I have former legislator locally in Patterson, New Jersey, Chauncey Brown III, also the uh, host of the uh, conservative, excuse me, a conservative radio. So, thank you so much for everybody coming on this evening. It's a real blessing and honor to have. An audience, and it's continuing to grow, and we need to continue to educate the voters and the Americans on what it means to be an American and to preserve our Constitution, because those elements are under attack. And thank God that we have a president who's about to be exonerated from this impeachment hoax. We, we're going to hopefully have the votes that Mitch McConnell's whipped together, which he should have been doing a long time ago, but hopefully we're going to get this behind us. And the latest thing is Nancy Pelosi wants to go ahead and not have the uh, statement of the president of the United States of America in the House. This is just an abomination. So with that, Chauncey, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for what you're doing in the community locally and nationally. Michael, thank you very much. It's an honor and a blessing uh, to be on the show with you today. Yes, uh, I call the current left of the legislative House, I call them domestic terrorists. They're trying to undermine our Constitution. They're trying to rewrite the law. They have denied our president due process. And yes, I'm hoping that we have the votes tomorrow that he becomes acquitted because this shift show is really, really, it's really a shame that they want to waste taxpayers' dollars on no crime being committed, okay? Uh, And it's just really... You know, like Jay Sekulow said earlier today, Trump's lawyer, uh, you started this process three and a half years ago. There's nothing new. You had 17 witnesses. Now you want us to do your job basically in the Senate and have more witnesses. I mean, you had 17 witnesses. How much more testimony do you need? If Congress has the responsibility to try the president, then that's what they should have done. And now they want to push back on the Senate to have them do their job. And I hope that they just take an up and down vote, acquit the president, stop playing with the American people, and get back to work. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, it's kind of crazy um, when you think about the whole process and everything that has happened and it just goes to show you that um, the people that are elected into office, that they have to be scrutinized, and they have to be uh, – these votes matter. The American people, the voting is one of your rights as an American, and we're, trying, we're seeing illegals trying to be given the opportunity to vote. This is a sacred uh, opportunity for people who are citizens to be able to go and voice their opinion. So that's another component when you have illegals who are coming into the country – and then they're going to the voting station and they're voting, and I think that's a major problem, and we need to address that in the short term and not the far away. Uh, Michael, I couldn't agree more, and the sad thing is is in New Jersey, the state that I'm from, and, and uh, that New Jersey passed a law to allow illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses. Now, when in New Jersey, I don't know if they do it in California, which they probably do, and other, some other states – when you get your driver's license, they automatically register you to vote. So that is their underpinning of their political corruption of allowing a person that's illegal to get a driver's license and then register them to vote so they can count on them later on. Uh, 
The sad part is, is that the people in America and American citizens that have to abide by the law, okay, I can't go and get my license unless I prove that I'm Chauncey Brown with a birth certificate and six points of identification. If you're an illegal immigrant, how can you prove who you are? And that's the irony in this whole, this whole thing. It doesn't make sense. The left is taking care of and pandering to illegal people because they're losing the African-American vote. The polls are showing that African-Americans that are supporting Trump is up 32%. We know that the Hispanic vote is well over 25%. So there's a walkaway movement from the left, and people are starting to wake up. This is their new voting block that they're trying to act to try to protect or increase their corruption of power. And it's really, really sad. Yeah, I had a poll out the other day on my Twitter account, uh, number four, USA Freedom. Um, and you can also, so the listeners know, they can contribute to Payatron.com for the Mike Santi show. There Tuesday and Thursday every week from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. We'd like to expand the show, have video, uh, and have a, a real interactions with our guests. So we're hoping to expand the program so you can help do that um, quite easily by coming on to patreon.com but uh i had this poll the other day asking people what they thought about um illegals um being able to vote and is is that a problem should we giving voter ids to illegals and it went semi-viral it had like eighty thousand imprints and you know like uh Mm -hmm. so many comments and retweets and the thing is, is the immigration what i found through my campaign is the most contested topic right now that's on the minds of every American. And the second thing probably now is with the coronavirus, that this outbreak from China. This is a major concern, and it's impacting travel around the world where people are starting to reconsider. And then the World Health Organization went on the record today, a week later, to say that there's a crisis, that we do have something that we need to be aware of. Yeah, it's it's, it's a shame. Uh, what is going on uh, in our country today. And that's why um, we're blessed to be able to have on our show tonight and in the past and in the future candidates that want to serve the public good and the public will. Uh, With that, I'd like to bring on our next guest or our first guest, actually, um, Mary Wilson Burkett running for Congress out of Utah Second District, very well knowledgeable, well versed, a true dedicated public servant. She struggled in her life, came up the hard way, and uh, know what it means to serve people and to be a public servant. And we're blessed to have her on the show. I've had her on my show in the past. She has a lot of great ideas, not only for Utah, but for the American people. And I'd like to welcome Miss Mary Burkett to the show. Hi, how are you? We're doing well. Uh, my co-host is Michael Hi. Mary. You, you can say hello to him as well. <clears throat> Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for running in Utah. That's fantastic. When we get into the house together, we can have a lot of fun and, and uh, going against these uh, the left and this ideology of trying to bring socialism Main Street. Yes, yes. There are so many of us out here. Uh, running, and I'm running against a Republican incumbent that is is um, he actually started? His Chris Stewart started the anti-socialism caucus, which kind of made me chuckle because how many registered Republicans do you know are in favor of socialism? You know, it's one of those kind of you know what a nice caucus, but it really isn't very. Uh, it, it's pretty shallow. There's no real depth there. And what it's going to take is people like you and me getting elected so we can work together and stand united against the socialist policies. And for me as a female, and I don't, I, you know, I don't talk about this in my campaign all that much, although others pointed out that I'm a female. Um, the, the, the squad, AOC and her uh, group, um, I want to make their lives a living hell. And let's face it, there you uh, go. because they're female, <laughs> you know, because they are female, men 
cannot say the things that women can say in response to what they have, what their opinions and things. And we need more women in, in Congress who are willing to stand up to them. I agree 100%. We also need more people who serve the United States military, and that includes women as well there. Um, we have a big issue right now and something that really needs to be addressed, and that is along the lines of what you're saying. And those are Republicans that are part of the establishment. Uh, first comes to mind is, is Mitt Romney, and then you had former uh, John McCain. <laughs> and you have these people, um, Brian Mast, who's down here in Florida. He's raised over $2 million dollars. And he's voting as a liberal 48% of the time. I just, these things to me, it just, they're mind blowing. Like, I don't understand how we accept this into society, but I guess people are just becoming desensitized to it. But it really gives me, it makes me sick. I want to just, it, it's very upsetting when you see people that are saying that they, resent, they represent a certain body or a certain organization or a certain way of life, a philosophical way of thinking. And then they completely go against it. Yeah, and, and you know, here in Utah, uh, there is so much buyer's remorse <laughs> about electing Mitt Romney. I didn't vote for him. I honestly do not know anybody who did, but he won because the Salt Lake City area over the last maybe 15 years has become considerably more liberal than the rest of the state. And I think that because there's a high concentration of population in the Salt Lake City area, that's really how he pulled it out. Um, but and, and he had a wonderful primary opponent who just couldn't raise enough money, which is so sad because he would have been – he's a doctor and a lawyer. He's, he's a conservative. Um, and I know people are talking to him already saying you got to run in a few years against Mitt because – we don't think most of the people that I know that I'm talking to don't think Mitt will ever run again. However, he's going to do as much damage as he possibly can in the next six years. And Utah, we are looking very closely at coming up with a recall uh, law here in the state. Um, what we need to do is uh, abolish the 17th Amendment, but that probably won't happen anytime soon. So we're going to come up with a recall vote uh, or, or a law. We also have a governor's race going on, and I think uh, we've got some really good gubernatorial candidates. They're going to be forced to take a stand on this, on MIT. Um, so it's going to be an interesting few months, but I can assure you the people of Utah as a whole are really, really not just disappointed in MIT, but really upset with him. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you want to respond to that. No, no, I'm just, uh, just I'm leaving the floor for you to take over the interview. But no, I think, I mean, honestly, we have a lot of uh, miscommunication and misinformation, and this is what you see with the governor. Really, has if you look at the, some of the you talk about governor of Utah, but look at the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, what he's done down here. And then you look at the governor of Virginia, and you compare and contrast, and you see what's happening in Virginia. Now, oh. Northam is a racist. He's an co- absolute, complete racist. He, I don't understand how these people are in politics, and, and they've done these uh, things in their lives. And then they're here, then they're supposed to be there to represent the American people. I find that very hard to believe. Right. Yeah, it is hard to believe, and and you do have to wonder what kind of shenanigans go on to get some of these people elected. Um, But, yeah, I I would hope the people of Virginia are having some buyer's remorse. I would hope that as time goes on, um, more Americans will stand up because – and this is something – I don't know, Michael, maybe you're experiencing this too, but my main topic that I'm – or uh, issue I'm running on is the federal debt. and when I start talking about that, people's ears perk up. They're very upset about the debt. And when I start talking about how right now there is no one in Washington, D.C., giving a voice to future generations. My husband and I, between the two of us, we have a very large family. We have a lot of grandchildren. And it's wrong for us to leave a $24 trillion debt up to our children and grandchildren to pay off. Um, and when I start talking about that, people start listening. 
That is the issue. And, and they aren't necessarily, you know, liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat. They're just regular people who say, yeah. And, and here in Utah, it's part of our culture. Debt is bondage. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's been your experience, but that sure has been mine. Well, absolutely. The thing, this is what I, when you talk about uh, fiscal responsibility, and, and I'm 100% on board, uh, we had Mark Gonosalves on the line. He's a he's a big into fiscal responsibility. He's running in Georgia. Um, but when mm-hmm. it comes to being fiscally responsible, we have the IRS, which strong arms a lot of American small business owners, and that's something that we need to look at, right? But the second thing is, is we never have an audit of the federal government. I believe the American people deserve to have an audit of where the money's going. We have no idea where the yep. money's going and how they're being spent. How does China own towns in the United States? How is that possible? We're so far in debt, and you sell out, and it's just it, it, you really have to start to wonder why this information is being withheld. And this is where a lot of the American people that they're being deceived. And I think so. When you're talking about people wanting to know what's going on, I think people need to be educated and they need someone in Congress, and it sounds like yourself and I, to go in there and say, look, we're not part of establishment. We don't, I don't need fame. I've already published three books. I've been on TV, magazines, radio. I'm doing this because I'm tired of the American people being screwed over, and that's exactly what's happening. They're being taken advantage of. That somebody has to be an adult in the room and say, wait a second, I don't care what kind of globalist or Illuminati or whatever you want to call it, um, there's a lot of different conspiracy theories out there about the, the the power of the world, the one percenters, and how they're able to you know get things in position to do that. I don't think that that's what our constitution was built on on globalism. I think it was built on for the people, by the people, and that's what I stand for. I agree. I I agree completely. That's exactly why I'm running. I'm running so that my grandchildren will know that I took a stand and that I stood up for them because I want them to have the opportunities I've had. And, yeah, I've had stuff happen in my life. That's just part of life. But because I'm an American, I was able to overcome. And I don't want my grandchildren to miss on those opportunities when stuff happens in their lives. Mary, you know, I want to say I've done a couple of shows with you, and you're an extraordinary woman who – have rise oh, through you. many through many challenges that we've. Uh, I consider you my friend. We've talked offline, um, and you are an extraordinary woman who really has the interest of the public will and the public good at heart. Um, with the little bit of time that we have left, uh, I'd like for you to to talk about a couple of points as relates to how do you want to help Utah? Some of the issues that are affecting the people in that state. And also we can talk briefly about what your plans when you get to Congress on some issues that you would like to address as well. Sure. Well, as I mentioned before, um, here in Utah, we, it's part of our culture. Debt is bondage. We want to get out of debt. That's number one. That's always number one when you're talking to people here. Um, The second thing is um, abortion. You know, abortion is wrong. Um, Planned Parenthood is a nonprofit organization that raises over $500 million a year. They don't need federal money, number one. And I think that's where we, that's the argument we present to the American people to help them understand that it is wrong for the federal government to choose winners and losers in the nonprofit sector. So, yeah, we, we quit giving money to Planned Parenthood because we know where it goes. Everybody knows it's an open secret, and they can justify it any way they want, but we know where they their, the bulk of their business comes from, and we don't agree with that as American people. We don't. We see it as destroying life, ending life. Um, that's number two. Number three is we've got to reform our legal immigration system. We need to turn the argument around. Quit worrying about the illegals right now. Let's come up with a legal immigration system that works. So that and, and this is going to be a really, really hard sell in Congress because, let's face it, Congress likes to do things comprehensively. 
so they can throw in all kinds of crap into a bill that has nothing to do with the topic at hand. One of the things I really like about Utah, our state government, we have laws in place that, number one, they have to balance the budget every year, and number two, every bill that is presented in our state legislature is a one topic and one topic only. You can't throw a bunch of other stuff into those bills. I would love to see that on the federal level. Probably never will. However, when it comes to legal immigration uh, reformation, I want to see us come up with 10 or 12 small bills that address each particular piece in the legal immigration system. For instance, we need a bill that says all employers have to use E-Verify. If they don't use it and they hire someone who's here illegally, there's a $100,000 fine for every instance that they do that. The state of Missouri has said something really incredible. They have a law that says all state government business is conducted in English only. What better way for people to come to this country legally and succeed but learning the language? That's a very basic thing. And the the state of Missouri has seen tremendous benefit from that law. Another law is, you know, we – I have a daughter-in-law who was born in Mexico. Her parents adopted her as a newborn. They were both born here in this country, but she had to go through the naturalization process because she's an adopted child. Now, if they had had her biologically while living in Mexico, she would have automatically been a citizen. I don't think adopted children should be treated differently from biological children. But that also, when she was telling me this and and the process she went through, I thought, okay, that's a weird quirk in the system. What other weird quirks are there? We've got to come up with a way to get rid of a lot of those weird quirks, and that's why I say let's focus on legal immigration so that those weird quirks go away. Once we get our 10 or 12 bills passed, we don't have to worry about that the weird stuff that has been going on for the last you know two three decades. Those are the three those are the three um, issues that I'm really talking about. We've got to finish the wall on our southern border. Um, that's another one of those small bills I believe that that we need to pass. The money is there. We keep appropriating money for it. We just aren't making progress the way we should. But um, anyway. Uh, those are the three things that, that I think that people here in Utah care the most about that I think will have the deepest um, effect across the country. Yeah, that's important. It really is. Whenever you are trying to fight for the rights of the unborn, I think that's so important. Um, I had a, on my podcast live with Michael Blooming Jr. the other day, I had Tamara Lee on. And it was also the first time that our president actually spoke at the March for Life. And one of my best friends is up at the rally as well. So um, it's a great moment in our history when you see a president that's fighting for the unborn and also having the fortitude to stand up in the face of adversity. And I think those are the kind of things that legislators should be doing in the U.S. House and uh, also in the U.S. Senate, that we should be having fortitude to do the right thing, regardless of political views. we got to do what's right for the American people because at the end of the day, that's the most important attribute of anything that's going on is how are we positively impacting the day-to-day and improving the quality of life of Americans and also how are we shaping the future for future generations. I think those components are what your job is to do as a legislator, and it starts with having people go into Congress who have the experience. A lot of these people nowadays are in Congress. I don't even know how they're getting elected. I mean, it it really comes down to buying the election. That's the way I see it. If you're either an establishment or the election's bought, people that are doing the right thing, who have the experience, they try to get shut out, especially at the local GOPs, and that's where I have a real problem. It's like, why do we want to support candidates who don't even know how to write law, read law, interpret law? I worked, right. with, I worked right. for the Department of Labor. When I got out of the military, I was an investigator for the Department of Labor. I worked in employment law. I read law, interpreted law. I, I worked under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, all these different laws that are in place for Americans to, to stop the discrimination that happens in this country against women, minorities, individuals with disabilities, veterans. How can you fight for a veteran when you don't even know how to read a law? 
about veterans. And if mm-hmm. you haven't served, especially, how can you fight for an individual with a disability if you don't have a disability and you don't understand the laws that are protecting individuals with disabilities in the workplace um, to ensure that there's a ramp at, at a home or a business establishment so they can get inside and they're not being discriminated against. I mean, these are the kind of things that people don't think about when they go to the voting polls, but I want to see people that are elected that actually have the experience and education. And that's what the platform I'm running on is, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's about the people and we need to get legislators and who want to make a difference, not just line their pockets with dollars. Right. And, and you know, I, uh, I'm glad you brought up that you can read. I've actually been talking to an attorney who, when I'm elected, I'm going to bring them on my staff who will read and write the legislation for me to make absolutely sure I understand what I'm voting for or against and what I'm proposing. Um, I'm not a law school graduate. I'm pretty smart. I can read a bill. Uh, it helps a lot here in Utah to read a bill because I know it's only one topic, but I want that extra assurance that there's someone on my staff who who will be responsible for making sure I understand everything that's going on. Mary, uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I want to thank you for sharing with the American people and the people of Utah your plans and hope not only for your state, but for our country. Can you please share with the American people how they can contact you, volunteer, and donate to your campaign for us, please? Yes, absolutely. Uh, my website is Burkett, B-U-R-K-E-T-T, the number four, Utah.com. And my phone number is there. You can see my positions on various things. You can see I've got some endorsements and, and things. Everything's there. Again, it's Burkett, B-U-R-K-E-T-T, the number four, Utah.com. Mary, thank you very much again for coming on the show. I wish you the best of luck. And I hope that we will be able to have you uh, back on the show again later on in the future. I would love that. I would love that. Take care. And also, Mary, Mary, real quick, when is your primary so the listeners know? Actually, we have a caucus convention system. Um, So caucus night is March 24th. That's where we go to our neighborhood caucus precinct meetings. We elect state delegates, county delegates on April 25th is our state convention. There are about 850 people in in this district, uh, 850 delegates. I have to win 60% at convention to get the the nomination outright. If I don't get that 60%, I have to get 41% 41% to stop the incumbent from getting it outright. Then we'll go to a primary, and that's the end of June. Thank you for the information. Sure. So, you know, that April 25th date is crucial for me. I've got to get that 60% because when you're going up against an incumbent in a primary, they've got, you know, financial resources that I could only dream of. Amen. Well, we wish you, we wish you the best of luck, Mary. As always, I'll keep you, and I know Michael will keep you in your prayers, and we hope that you have a successful primary run. And take care. And okay? you know, prayer prayers are very helpful. Thank you so much, and you have a great evening. You too. Take care, Michael. You know, I'm just so blessed to do this show with you. Uh, we've had so many people across the country. Uh, who understand American people. They understand the value of our Constitution. They understand the value of liberty. And they continue to want to serve the public good. And it's exciting that even our next guest that's going to be coming on, military a veteran like yourself, who is an American patriot, wants to protect the Constitution, wants to preserve our rights and liberties, and that's why this red movement, I call it, in 2020, in 2020 is going to be dramatic. People are going to be shocked by this wave. Uh, but we're thankful and blessed to be a part of it. Uh, I'd like to bring on our next guest, Michael 
Webb, Major Michael Webb, who was running for Congress out of Virginia, District 6. He's a very good friend of mine. He's a former New Jerseyan. So without any further ado, Michael and America, I'd like to bring my dear friend, Major Michael Webb, uh, to the show. Michael. Hey, how you doing, Johnson? Good to, good, to, good to be with you again. That's also, always you're, a... you're never formally from New Jersey. You're, it is like a Marine. <laughs> it's always a, 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 a blessing and a pleasure, Michael, to communicate with you. I mean, we've had a lot of offline conversations that have been extremely long. Um, oh, yeah. Also, my, my co-host, Michael, is also a military uh, veteran, Michael Blooming Jr., who's running for Congress as well out of the 21st District in Florida. Oh, thank you for your service. You as well, you as well, Michael. I spent a lot of time in Virginia. We used to work for the governor there running the veteran program. And then uh, when I was an investigator for the feds under the Department of Labor, I worked in employment law investigating government contractors. So I did a lot of work uh, in Virginia. Uh, it's a great state, very beautiful, a lot of great things, but also you got a lot of things going on with Northam up there. He's a racist, and uh, there's a lot of <laughs> radical uh, things going on up there, really bad. Very true, very true, very I'm, true. I'm praying for Virginia really hard because, uh, you know, I love it up there. I did a lot of work, but I love Florida, and I'm going to fight for the people down here in Florida. But, you know, you saw what they did to Dave Brad up there, and, uh, you know, you don't there's a lot of there's a lot of things that happen that are below the belt put it that way very true and, and virginia truly needs prayer uh that we are uh, 45% of our residents are uh, even have any kind of faith at all uh it's even worse than all of them. it's like 26% uh we're not talking about gold insurance just saying i identify with faith way way below the rest of the country Absolutely. So why don't you talk about your platform and and how, because Virginia was kind of left out there on its own, you know, I don't think there was a lot of expectation. There's a lot of uh, stronghold in the Tidewater, Virginia Beach area, also in northern Virginia. We got a lot of uh, um, liberals who are uh, turning the tide uh, against the president and against the Republicans in Virginia, which is shocking to me. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, Virginia is a very, very interesting uh, 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 state. Uh, it is structured very much like New Jersey used to be. Uh, New Jersey kind of lost its hold on it, but basically nothing else really in Virginia matters because there are so many Democrat votes in the 8th Congressional District that cancels out everything that happens downstate. Uh, every place else is kind of marginal, marginal. This is right now a D-plus-21 district. 58 most reliable in the country. Basically, for the past uh, uh, two decades, uh, the outcome of the election has been decided here. They vote late, uh, well, they, they report late, and, and that also helps them with some of the other things they're doing. Uh, but basically, uh, this is where it happens. Uh, and uh, uh, President Trump only lost Virginia by five points. Uh, it, it is so easy to find five points when you're reporting late and doing a whole bunch of other things. And that's basically what has been happening for about two decades. But the good thing is that uh, inside this race, what we're trying to do is, one, uh, we're trying to reach out to voters that we normally do not get. Uh, there was a young woman that uh, got near Bulligate uh, just, uh, just uh, this week. Uh, she, said, she said, hey, you know, I am a pro-life uh, uh, a Democrat. Uh, what does the Democratic Party have for me? And he basically said, well, you have no place inside our party. That's 21 million Americans. 21 million. Those are votes that we can get. We're definitely going to be trying to get them up here. We've got tons and tons of Catholics. There's are probably the people most faithful in, in, in Arlington, Alexandria, that go to the church are your Catholics. A lot of them are pro-life. They're, they're going over to the, to the uh, March for Life every year. Uh, those are votes that we can get. And the great thing about a pro-life voter is that a pro-life voter is three times more likely to vote than somebody who's pro-choice. Wow. Our guys always run against pro-life because they're scared about how, how people are going to think about them. Now you got to stand up, let your light shine, let those people know that you're there. Let them know that you're going to fight for pro-life. Now you just picked up three votes that you probably couldn't have gotten because you decided to go the other way. Also, we're going after uh, minority voters, uh, Latino and also 
African American. Uh, my dad was a pastor. Jesus, the pastor, pastor, literally. And so I'm kind of using that uh, as a kind of leverage, getting into a lot of the black churches, uh, and, and also talking about basic issues that that are important to families that do go to church. The thing we always have to remember is that in terms of faith, a black person going to church is more like a conservative Republican than a liberal Democrat. Uh, But they tend to vote the other way. And so we're talking about things like education. We're talking about things in terms of job opportunities, uh, uh, in terms of the wonderful unemployment that we've uh, been experiencing. There's still some people, of course, that are trying to say, well, this is, this is because of what Barack Obama did. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just got to pray for it. Amen. Well, I'm glad, uh, I'm, glad you brought up, I'm glad you brought up Barack Obama, and then I'll let uh, Chauncey take over because I've been talking about this nationally, and he actually should be charged for treason if you really think about it under this Iran deal. Because he put oh, money on unmarked American dollar bills on uh, large dollar bills. We're talking about one point, what is one point two billion dollars, something ridiculous, and uh, one point eight something like that. And then on these planes, American planes, ships them over to Iran, supposed to be used for the Iranians. Then it's but it's actually used to filter down into terrorist organizations and people like Soleimani who are trying to overthrow the U.S. Embassy in Iraq while we're spending sure. billions of dollars on a global war on terrorism, and then our American sho- soldiers are being killed by IEDs and EFPs, and then being shipped back on the same plane. If that's not yeah. funding a terrorist organization, I don't know what is. And all the players in New York, excuse me, all the players in Washington, D.C., that was involved in that Iran deal, Iran deal should also be charged because that's an obvious show of support of terrorist organizations. Oh yeah, definitely. And and, and I, I, the the most amazing thing, the most amazing thing about the uh, the uh, when we got Soleimani, uh, all of the Democrats were standing up, screaming, saying, "Oh no, it was wrong, it was wrong." In fact, we still had a woman just a couple uh, just last week at a, at a town hall. Soleimani was a beloved man, uh, but the thing is, is that we took that guy out, and what happened inside that country? Suddenly, 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 we have geopolitical change. We got the right guy. And then, of course, you know, the Iranian government goes and they then they try to deny what could always have been a service air missile. <laughs> uh, uh, these things, they, 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 they tend to lessen your credibility. And, uh, and, and that country is now starting to change again because of something that Donald Trump did. He, he got the right guy. I, OBL, a lot of people, they sit around, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you got to listen. We got, like, how many years later? And also there are some questions about how that whole operation went down. But this was definitely something that definitely changed the present geopolitical structure in the Middle East when we took that one down. Yeah, it's very important that we understand these things. And we need more veterans in U.S. Congress. That's why we're running, because Americans are getting tired of the same old, same old. I think that they are becoming very uh, aware and woke about what's happening. Oh, yeah, and, and, and we need the right veterans. Unfortunately, unfortunately, since you find this with conservatives across the board. Conservatives across the board, we tend to not go into the government. We tend to, okay, the politicians do their thing, we do our thing. Same thing with the, with the conservative churches. Okay, you know, we are for this, but we're not going to get involved in terms of politics because of the problems that come with it. I understand the problems that come with it. Uh, but we tend not to do this. But what happens is, is that we end up with, uh, in fact, we just got a guy, uh, the Colonel in the Reserves, decided, okay, I'm going into politics. I'm going to take out uh, uh, one of our folks up here in Northern Virginia because it's old. Uh, Republican up in Northern Virginia was laid out. Uh, he comes in, and uh, what's the first thing he wants to do? He wants to take the range out of the NRA headquarters. Democrats, and what they'll do is they'll sit there and say, well, you know, I know because uh, I'm a colonel inside the reserves, and, 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 and you know, if, if I say it's right, well, we need to have guys on our side that are, that are conservative, that have been veterans that get into office that actually know what, how these things work. By and large, what I found almost consistently, the Democrats inside the Republican and the Democrat Party, they go into politics 
they, they, they have some kind of uh, 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 some kind of axe to grind with the military. They have an axe to grind with the military. Their career didn't work out. Something didn't happen. And so now they see there's their chance for revenge. So that's what we're getting on the Democratic side in terms of federal political politics. We need guys who have had a positive experience about the military, know how it works. On the Republican in the Republican Party, going out and getting elected to Congress. Michael, um, I want I would like you to identify. Uh, it's a great conversation. I, I'd like to try to pinpoint you on uh, what are some of your ideas as it relates to not only Virginia but the nation uh, on your three, four, five point platform of issues that you've identified not only on the state level, but the federal level. Uh, I know that you're a constitutional conservative. You believe in the Constitution, oh, yeah. the Bill of Rights, you're a veteran. Um, but I want, you to, I want to give you a chance to talk about some other issues that you want to pinpoint that you're dear about. <clears throat> oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, it, 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 it's kind of interesting. Is that, uh, I mean, like when you run as a, uh, a, a, someone who's not an incumbent, someone who uh, has not held office before, I sat there, I actually thought about this when I went into my 2016 race, and I was like, well, how about, how about uh, if you don't have a record to run on, start building a record while you're running. Start letting people know what it's going to be like if you're in Congress. And in that process, I started actually thinking about actual uh, uh, legislation that can be passed. One of the first things that uh, we came up with, uh, this was back in the first campaign around police week, the Sentinel program, the Sentinel program, let's get separating military officers uh, who know how to use a a 9mm, not just a parade for what people are shooting at them. Let's give them a federal uh, concealed uh, license, a concealed permit. So this way, when the bad guys are sitting there trying to come up against us, uh, they don't have to put that inside their planning. It's like, I don't know if, you know, uh, uh, this guy who is sitting next to me is a guy who's separated from the service as a military officer and can take me out. <laughs> uh, and then mm-hmm. I, I started talking about that in terms of the schools and things like that. We have this president capacity. And what ended up happening was at the 2016 uh, CPAC, I, I don't know if, it, if, it, if somehow it was telegraphed up to the White House, or I don't know what ended up happening. Uh, uh, President Trump was talking about basically trying to use our military guards, getting them into, into the school. So this way you may have a, a soft zone, but now you've also got guys that actually use guns and have guns inside the school to keep our kids safe. Another thing that uh, we started working on was uh, the um, um, uh, uh, this whole all, all lives matter thing. Uh, we had an incident down here. Uh, a young Iranian hates guns. Uh, he ended up getting shot by police. We still don't know exactly how this whole thing happened. Uh, but what happens is that you get into a uh, in, into a uh, basically excessive force situation when you get into court. And so what happens is that basically the police officers sit there and just say. It was self-defense and not really have any – he doesn't have – it's basically a path. And so I figured that it would be better to kind of alter that scenario just in case you have a bad situation. When you're in law enforcement, uh, I just found having people review the video, when you're in law enforcement, there was kind of a tendency not to want to say what you know happened. So I went out to retired officers and I said, okay, guys, does this look like what I, what, what I think it looks like? And they were like, yeah. What I was thinking about doing was one: if you have a uh, uh, anything less than a misdemeanor that has uh, the, the uh, police involved, and someone ends up uh, uh, basically, uh, what they have to do if the guns are fired and, and there are casualties when they go into court, if it's less than a misdemeanor, uh, and also if there are consistent, consistent. Failures in basic police procedures, like we had inside this uh, incident down here, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen is that in court it's called a shifting of the burden uh, of proof. Uh, basically, the police are going to have to say, "Okay, this was a self-defense situation, and this was why." 
if they can't do that, then that mm-hmm. police department is going to be accountable. I could not agree with you more. Uh, you touched upon an, an issue, our children, our educational system, and I hope that when you and Michael both get to Congress, we will fight to try to include civic responsibility, American history. We're losing our children, and I don't think our children today understand what the Pledge of Allegiance is, what prayer means that I had when I was in school. And the left has hijacked our educational system. That's why we have kids coming out now, liberal, even the professors are liberal, uh, and indoctrinating them by taking away all these fundamental rights that were inherently given to us by God and the foundation of our country, which has been founded on. And I hope that when Michael and uh, Michael and Michael actually (laughs) get into Congress, that that we that we put our children first and we look at the educational system and the impact that it's having because most of our challenges today is a lack of an educational system that has accountability and oh, yeah. morals oh, yeah. and, and that's why we have the challenges that we do today with our young people and we have to change the direction of that ship and especially I'm oh, yeah. most disgusted by Michael, I'm sorry, I'm most disgusted by, especially like in California, they're already teaching our kids about pornography. And and what I mean by that is is talking about our children engaging in different sexual acts. And that I believe that that is not the responsibility of our educational system. And it undermines on the heels of Martin Luther King when he says that I hope that our children will be judged by the content and character of their being and not by the color of their skin. Now we have to add their sexual orientation. And I think it's appalling and disgusting that they want to infiltrate that type of immoral and disgusting uh, information into our educational system and try to indoctrinate our children. Definitely, definitely. And the thing is that, I mean, like, we really have to think about how, I don't like, in part, I mean, like, it kind of evolved on us do a whole bunch of things. One, there was an agenda, but also uh, society kind of changed. It kind of changed. Suddenly, uh, uh, you no longer had moms who were stay-at-home moms. And so school became not just, you know, a place where you were supposed to be getting an education, uh, but also it became kind of uh, a substitute parent. And, and, and they basically ended up embracing this role because it was something that that left agenda really, really wanted because this way they could sit there and start to give their values to kids, uh, which is not the way that it's supposed to be. In fact, there are court decisions that talk about, we, we're actually trying to get that something in court here, uh, there are court decisions that basically say exactly what a school is supposed to be doing. Uh, and uh, a lot of this, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 transgender policy and then teaching you, uh, what is right and all that. And, well, that's not really supposed to be your job. Your job is really just, you know, teach that kid how to think in terms of reading, writing, <laughs> arithmetic, uh, uh, give him some critical skills to make a decision on his own. But really, uh, even even uh, even uh, 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 Madison was talking about in terms of shaping our morals and things like that. That's supposed to be the church. And we have to come up with a way in terms of how we're going to get churches to, one, get into this social justice crazy, craziness and start thinking about, uh, you know, actually giving your people those moral teachings that they really, really need to kind of figure this, figure this life thing out. Uh, right now, I, I, I just finished a course at the seminary. Uh, I found that uh, in terms of people that have no faith at all that are coming into the church. The church has only grown 3 to 4% every year. No wonder they're shrinking. We, 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 we get more excited about making sure that somebody doesn't vote for somebody. We get more excited about uh, a, a brand new car or something like that. But if, if faith is really, really important to you, wouldn't you want to share that with somebody else? Uh, we need to become more evangelical. Uh, because that's the only way we're going to kind of counteract a lot of this stuff. Uh, and uh, 
we really have to do something to uh, to get the faith community to really recognize that. I'm very, very leery of an idea in terms of having government tell them to do it, uh, because then when, they, when you go in with the government money, then the government is going to tell you exactly how God is supposed to be and all that. Uh, but we do have to kind of start to uh, encourage our churches to take seriously that job of being a church. Uh, Madison pretty much saw uh, the conscience being shaped uh, by, by the competing sects. Uh, uh, this church and this church uh, giving people morals, giving you that self-discipline to choose right from wrong, and then you're going to have a better society. Uh, uh, John Adams said that our Constitution was made for religious and moral people, but we're going away from God, and God knows we're going away from our heart. You are absolutely correct, Michael. Um, you know, one of the most uh, pressing issues right now for our country, and it's very, very unfortunate that the House and the Democrats, since Donald Trump has got elected, they've been trying to impeach him. What oh, yeah. say you? What say you about this current shift show in this impeachment tobacco? And what are your people talking about in Virginia about it as well? What do you think about? Uh, yes. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I, I mean, the thing that is most distressing, especially here. Uh, this is one of the most educated districts in the country. Uh, Arlington uh, was like like uh, ranked 14, 14 in terms of uh, uh, graduate degrees. Uh, and of course, being outside of DC, this is this is, of course, uh, this is the best market uh, for for attorneys in the country. But when you look at how this whole thing happens, it's 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 it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Okay, one of the basic things about criminal law uh, and, and this whole idea of justice is that, okay, um, you have a crime. You have a crime. O.J. kills Nicole Brown Simpson. Uh, the Watergate break-in. Okay, if you, we have that fixed point. There's investigations, there's witnesses, and then they go into court. All this thing has evolved. It has evolved. I mean, it, 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 it's kind of like uh, uh, what the town of Monte Cristo, the beginning town of Monte Cristo, this guy goes into court. He has no idea why he's going into court. They kind of come up with things, <laughs> and then they just decide that he's guilty. That's what we have going on here. Russian collusion did not work. So they said, okay, well, how about um, how about uh, 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 it was bribery. It was bribery. That's what it was. But the problem with bribery, and this is one reason why they didn't say that the president committed bribery, because when you look at the uh, when you look at the statute, the person that receives this quid pro quo <laughs> has to be an American public official. As far as I know, President Zelensky is not an American public official. The law doesn't work. They try to come up with Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, but inside Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. There was a specific exemption for government activity because they realized that sometimes in government we have to do certain things. And so that didn't work, and that's why they didn't put that inside the Articles of Impeachment. Then you come up, now, when they're marching the, uh, the Articles of Impeachment over, suddenly uh, Nancy Pelosi got a copy of uh, a, 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 government accounting, uh, a government accountability office uh, report. What, uh, the president, it was illegal. No. No. Well, number one, yes, there are lawyers at the government accountability office, but they don't deal with law, especially not in terms of punitive criminal law. What they deal with is accounting. Uh, nobody goes to jail because they put debits and credits in the wrong place. Under, <laughs> under the Congressional Budgetary Empowerment Control Act, what was supposed to happen but did not happen is that the government accountability office it's supposed to sit there and say, wait a second, I see something that is wrong. It, it's definitely wrong. And so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the Congress. I'm going to ask the Congress for permission to unfreeze funds that have been impounded. Well, what do we have? We had House Speaker Pelosi go to the Government Accountability Office to tell them that something was wrong. Then they came up with the report and said, yes, it's wrong. But the problem is, inside that civil action, what's supposed to happen is what they're trying to do is they're trying to recover funds that 
were uh, impounded without authorization. And so the only thing that they're doing in court is trying to get those funds released. So I don't care if it's $196 million or $196 trillion. The money has already been been released. There's no reason to go to court. But we've got this charade going on in terms of we need witnesses, we need this. You don't have a crime to begin with. This should, be, should, this should not even be going on. Uh, Michael, you are absolutely correct in uh, what you've identified, and I hope that you and Michael will both get into Congress because we have to change the direction oh, that Congress is trying to take this country. Michael, in the few minutes that we have left, uh, if people yeah. want to donate to your campaign or volunteer, um, how can they reach out to you? Um, uh, yes, sure, that? sure, 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 sure. Uh, we have a website that is uh, hopefully going to be going up next week. Uh, but um, uh, I'm definitely on Facebook. I'm on, on Twitter, uh, uh, Major Mike Web Warren, uh, or at Major Mike Web Warren. Uh, and uh, also, we, we have a fundraising account on, on, on eFarm. Uh, uh, .com and uh, we're, right now we're, the big thing we're looking for is delegates inside that convention <laughs> Amen, amen Michael, I want to thank you for your service to this country and also want to thank you for wanting to stand up again to the American people by wanting to serve in Congress it's always a blessing to talk to you I've had you on my other shows before and I continue to keep you in my prayers as my co-host Michael in your journey to continue to serve the public will and the public good. God bless you, and thank you very much again, Michael. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Mike, for having me. Absolutely. God bless you, man. Good luck. You know, Michael, we have a ton of patriots like yourself. My co-host, Michael Bloomling Jr., is running for Congress out of Florida, the 21st District. Uh, I believe that there's going to be a red wave in 2020. I'm thankful to be a part of this movement, as well as my co-host, Michael Bloomling Jr. And as most people know, this is the Michael and Chauncey Show. And our vision is to be a pathway of conservative information in order to educate the American people while protecting and preserving the freedom, liberties, and justice of the Constitution of the United States of America. Uh, We would like to expand our reach in our conservative talk by please donating to Patreon at the Michael and Chauncey Show to help us spread the message of truth and justice to the American people. I'd like to take a moment to thank all of our listeners, thank my co-host, Michael Bloomling Jr., who is running for Florida in the 21st District. And before we close out, Michael, please share with the American people your information in case they want to donate and volunteer to your campaign since you're running for U.S. Congress as well. Yeah, we need all the support we can get. Um, You know, the Live with Michael Blooming Jr. show, the the uh, Michael and Chauncey show, we're doing everything we can to help other candidates across the country. It's not just about Florida District 21. It's about Washington, D.C. It's about the Constitution. It's about America. We need patriots to stand up. I need your support nationally. You can make donations anytime to my campaign, electblooming.com. Um, you can also volunteer, and if you're in Florida, we really need support. We need to be the change. You know, you talk about change all the time and leadership, but I'm only one voice. I'm the voice of the community, and I want to be your ambassador in Washington, and also I want to bring jobs to Palm Beach County. I want to eliminate human trafficking. I want to fight for the rights of veterans. I want to fight for the core community programs that are allowing our seniors to have quality health and a quality life. I want to fight for people. Palm Beach County is a gem. District 21 is, has miles and miles of beautiful oceanfront um, residential areas that you do not find in, in uh, South Florida, in Broward County, and Miami-Dade County. So there's a wealth of information about myself and my website at electblooming.com. Please drop the donation in. Every dollar counts. $10 works. The maximum for an individual is 2800 for a couple, 5600 before our primary, which is in August. So help put a veteran in Congress, vote red, white, and Bloomland in 2020. On this show, we have Sam Williams, who's running for U.S. Congress in Texas, and Kenny Lee, 
who is the founder of all the All Trumped Up Tour, um, and who's been had many songs for the flag and, and for our president Donald Trump. So please continue to spread the message with the Live and Michael Blooming Jr. Show. Excuse me, the Michael and Chauncey Show, which airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. God bless America and God bless President Trump. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Please follow us on Twitter at Liberty Today USA. You can also contribute to the show on Patreon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.